Good morning, and welcome to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining me. My longing is that each podcast speaks to your heart and meets you right where you are, answering your prayers in the most incredible way. The word emissary is a noun. It is considered to be a person sent on a special mission, usually as a diplomatic representative. There are many people in my life that I consider ambassadors of faith, each playing a significant role in my faith's journey and who I've become. They include my mother and father, Annie Anderson and Mary Nell and Arthur Ludd, Georgia and Henry Ross, Mary and Harold James, Dr. Evie Hill, Chaplains Burke and Eason, William Champagne, Pastors Charles and Deborah Bloom, Brother Terrell Williams and Sister Maxine Davis, Pastor Rick Christ, Betty Witherspoon, Chaplain Jason Duckworth, Pastor Gerald and First Lady Wilcoxon, Pastor David Arthur, Dr. Robert and Mary Fairley, Dave and Daisy Clark, Peggy and J.L., Mary Potts, and so many others, all of which I consider pillars, spiritual strong towers, when it comes to exhibiting the highest ideals of our beloved faith. Likewise, there was a young gentleman named Saphir, meaning ambassador or emissary in Arabic, who I worked with for more than two years. Although he had very little in terms of valued possessions and was often very reluctant to take from others, he never failed to come bearing gifts on behalf of his family. Always given from what they lacked and never asking for anything in return, from fresh baked bread known as naan, to the beautiful cultural garments his mother handmade for my grandchildren, Rufus and Honor. Yet what I admire most about Saphir is both his grace and his humility as he went about serving others as an emissary, as one who acts solely on behalf of the king, or in his case, the honor and dignity of his family. As I departed for the last time and bid him farewell, tears filled his eyes and mine as he simply said on behalf of his family, God bless you. Some listening may ask what the significance is mentioning my grandchildren by name. And I will answer twice. Names carry with them significance. And secondly, Whenever I speak to Severe, the very first thing he asks, even today, is how are the grandchildren? And he mentions them both by name, giving them the highest regard. I often ask myself, am I an emissary of the king? Do I possess the attributes that are directly attributed to whom I proclaim to represent? I am close but Saphir's illustration demonstrates that I still have a way to go. I can only hope that I've impacted his life 
as much as he has mine. Philippians chapter 2 verses 19 through 30 tell us this. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sit him therefore the more carefully, that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his own life, to supply your lack of service towards me. Today's episode is titled, The King's Emissary. Our lack of humility and understanding routinely causes us to assume many things as fact. As we see them, but the reality of that very assumption may be completely and utterly false. Misconstrued, our youthful exuberance in faith frequently lacks empathy and wisdom and very often succeeds in tearing more things down than building them up. I suppose if I were equipped with rear view mirrors, the road of my past would be littered with the damage that I've caused to others. With the belief that my faith gave me no provision to make room for others. I can recall specifically and vividly two instances in which God brings to my remembrance every now and then. One in which I felt enabled and bold enough to walk out of a church mid-sermon. No, I wouldn't do that now and today. But because I believe that what was being spoken from the pulpit by a seasoned representative of the gospel was not applicable to me. The other was the reflection of my godly arrogance. What I represented to someone who was reminded over and over again of a deep wound of injustice his family received at the hands of God's people. His father was a sharecropper in the South that provided the family's only provision. They lost everything and when they went to the church, 
they were instantly turned away and thrust into poverty. Can I conceive the meaning of goodness and mercy? Does the absence of God's presence in my life cause me to seek self-preservation, no matter the damage it may cause? I could recite lots of scriptures, but the consistency of my faith's foundation, like the perfect blend of concrete and water, was completely wrong. God did not grant me the authority to judge the displacement or disposition of his people, nor those he called according to his grace. It is not for me to open or close the doors of heaven or hell. As God inquired of Job in chapter 38, verses 1 through 4, amid Job's complaint, and he says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. I often ask, has God's grace and forbearance made it permissible for me to be such, reading the word literally, but absent of any real spiritual reasoning, one which tugs and pulls and urges our hearts to do what is right for humanity's sake? Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 suggests, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vows and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not unto every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And lastly, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We were never given that authority to conclude a matter. Faith's emissaries have always been an ever-present part of my life. I've learned firsthand that we traverse through many phases along our Christian journey. There's the faith that I've gained by virtue of my family. Then there's the faith of youth in which we learn through the conversations and the meetings that we have with schoolmates. There's the faith of early adulthood as we venture away from home for the very first time. And then there's the face of midlife in which we suffer and endure loss, brokenness and pain. And then, while I will not say finally, there is the seasoned faith, which allows us to press through life's circumstances, clinging to that which is unseen, built upon the confidence that if we faint not, if we endure, we shall behold the promise of our Savior. 
The progressive nature of each phase of faith walk is for our edification. I every so often chuckle having conversations with those more seasoned than I. As I reason with them, I explain. The more I live, the more I realize just how much I don't know. As I watch the tragedy of this week unfold and listen to the endless commentary, I was less asking, what do I know? What does anyone know? And yet in the thousands of hours of on-air moments and the shifting of blame, there was no messenger on behalf of the king to issue a unified decree, a plea for prayer, and a conscious to show empathy. I've yet to hear anyone say, let me, let us pray that God may intervene. So fearful and so desperate that they must be, that they would risk everything to escape the reality of their existing circumstance. Yes, history will suggest that Afghanistan is the graveyard of empires. Everyone has been there and everyone's walked away. And a forsaken land and a forgotten people. But is that what God sees? Is that what he has decreed to be so? Scripture tells us that God is omnipresent and he does not look beyond the suffering of his people. The sun rises and sets on the people of Afghanistan, just like any other place in the world. And we shouldn't suggest otherwise. And when it rains there, you can see the alarming beauty of his promise reflected in the bow as it stretches across the sky. No, God has not forsaken them as many suppose. We may indeed be strangers, but we have the commonality of our humanity. In this moment, in this time, how can we scoff at the suffering of others and be assured of our own admittance into heaven? How shall we without bias and prejudice proclaim his goodness and mercy if it only pertains to us? whose only equivalency is measured in the abundant substance of our possessions. What I've discovered quite often is those that lack the most or suffer the greatest are completely and utterly reliant on God for everything. Because they are aware that he alone has the power to save them. Christ died for all, not some. I pray that as messengers of the King, we deliver forth the good news that in the moment we least deserve, flesh with sin and a never-ending desire to do it our way, Christ willingly died, not begrudgingly, but he laid down his own life that we may live that all who come should not perish. I only ask, are you the king's emissary? Thank you once again for listening. 
If you like what you have heard or have a comment, please subscribe and leave a response on the Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, or Overcast podcast platforms. Or send me an email at howarddc42 at yahoo.com. Please join me again next week. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again.